1: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. FM 104's Room
0: 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
2: Gormick here on Room 104. I want to quickly read back a couple of other texts there. <clears throat> we were just chatting about rent earlier on, Dublin Rent. A woman went and lived down in a boat uh, rather than paying rent in Dublin. And Chloe said, I live in Roscommon, only €550 euro a month. And we were like, ah, come on now, that has to be for a cupboard in somebody else's room. It's for a two-bedroom bungalow.
1: <laughs> no way, a whole bungalow
2: so you can airbnb the other one out uh, uh, like roscommon what part of roscommon by the way because uh, where was i at down in atlone they have this new thing on one of the lakes down there uh, it's like an aqua park or an inflatable water park thing Oh yeah, there are like slides and everything you can go on grey crack absolutely wrecks you though. So you to see about six weeks in the gym because you're pulling your own body weight up it's grey crack and um, um, it is exhausting and uh, very very tiring um, but there you go Five fifty a month in for a two bed bungalow. Uh, what's the internet like? That's the only situation that we need to be made aware of. Because if it's dodgy internet, most people won't be able to move down. Um, but if it's good internet, we'll be going live from Matlow next week. Be a bit of crack.
1: I just want to know, right? If you could work from anywhere in the country, right? So you had to stay in Ireland. You could work from anywhere in the country. Would you stay in Dublin or would you move further afield? Like would you long live? Long. Like would you live in Rosscommon?
2: I've lived in <clears> Athlone <throat> at for not too long, and there's not a lot going on midweek. But I would presume if more people moved down, small rural towns like that, it's not even small. It was in Athlone. It's, it's big enough.
1: Books. Okay, but um, right now, as it is, would you move down if the rent no. was that cheap? Would you rather stay in Dublin for the atmosphere, or would you do your job down there, just kind of? Enjoy the peace and quiet and then maybe travel up the weekends if you, if you want to see friends and stuff.
2: <clears throat> uh, I, think so. I think I'd love to live on a small little island off the coast of the west of Ireland where no one can get at you, where you have to get a boat to the shops and just set up shop down there going, this is amazing. <laughs>
1: what you, see, I'm weird, right? I would hate to be completely isolated, like somewhere that was in the middle of nowhere. You know those farmhouses that are out the mm. back end of, you know, where you have to drive for 10 minutes to the next house? That would scare me to death. But if I live somewhere like Athlone or Mullingar or something and it was in an estate with loads of people in it, I wouldn't care if I was living there permanently. I could I could cope with that, I think. Mm. If your rent was two hundred a month.
2: Oh, stop. If your rent was two hundred a month you'd be like, R- ridiculous. It'd be absolutely ridiculous and what a dream. You might be able to do something with your life as opposed to just hoping you can get the paycheck to pay for more rent and then barely eat. Woo! But again, we figured out how to uh, solve the rental crisis problem here. I can't remember who, who texted that. I can't remember. Just stop paying high rent. That's the answer. If everyone just collectively comes together and stops paying high rent, well then there you go.
1: Don't know if it'll work, but we could try it.
2: No. Uh, it may or may not work. Uh, good evening, John. Listen, John, we haven't chatted to you In a long time. I hope you're doing well, sir. Uh, My mother would probably dig the tunnel and then tell the police I dug it and I'm trying to escape so I'd be kept in longer.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what my mum would do.
2: Teach you a lesson now. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah. We need one of these uh, mothers that does anything and everything, that can be guilted (laughs) into doing anything and everything.
2: Uh, Yeah. That would be, be handy in certain situations anyway. But there you go. Uh, like, Would you let your mum take the rap, take the fall for a crime you did?
1: Yeah. Oh, you're such a bitch. Absolutely. She Look, brought my mom is this world and you're I know.
2: back into jail.
1: <laughs> but my mum's retired now, so she's had a great life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she can spend the rest of it. Think of it as a retirement home, Joan. Don't worry yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. She won't mind. for a retirement home
1: once she can do her garden or, you know, water a few flowers and knit Mm. blankets for babies that don't exist, you know, she'll be happy out. Yeah,
2: she can make a shave as well.
1: I really hope she's not listening. I'm sweating at the thoughts of her listening because I'm
2: dead. If your relationship is as flaky as you say it is, she's definitely not listening. She doesn't No, she's probably not. She still no. doesn't care. 47 years of age, she still does not care about anything you're doing. We're not going to real job, here. That's probably what she's saying to herself uh, in, <laughs> instead. Right, listen, we, we best move on on the way um, something disgusting, a deep fat fried disgusting thing was found in someone's Nando's meal, which is a little bit uncomfortable as well. Uh, and also news about rinsing plates and dishwashers and also a very important app. If you're going to Australia, you're not going this year. We know that because parts of it are on fire. But if you're going and they want to figure out whether the thing crawling across the floor is going to kill you or not there might be a solution and a fix for you next. on the way next here on Room
0: 104 FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long
2: 104, Cormac and here. picture this unconditional and I have literally just read the saddest saddest story in the entire world, the saddest story that I've ever read in my entire life
1: and you never get sad, so what is this sad story?
2: It's really upsetting. Oh. Oh God.
1: They haven't discontinued Galaxy Caramel or Salty Caramel. Oh,
2: good. They? they can burn them. No one cares about them. This is even worse. This this will get you right in the feels, right? I've just been reading one of Crossy's tweets. Oh no. And Crossy's uh, good friend of mine, but he's had a, a tragedy, which I'm sure th- this may have happened to you. And when it does, there's literally nothing more heartbreaking. So at 10:53 which is about, what, 20 minutes ago. Crossy says, I've ordered a chicken burger, no salad or onions and red sauce, with chips poisoned by salt and vinegar. And they said they also asked for crispy slash burnt onion rings. Now, let's put this into context. Crossy was working this morning from 5 or 6 a.m. Crossy's workday starts at about 5 a.m., 6 a.m., just in case. People weren't aware of the fact that his workday starts three or four hours before the average normal person does. Let's say, for example, if you were in sales and your job was starting at nine, Crossy's always already <laughs> been working three or four hours already. You know he has, mean? yeah. So um, and so does Jim Jim and Nobby and the rest of the, the, the breakfast team that are working. You know. So anyway, because uh, he was doing some extra stuff for F one hundred four today and then finished work about eight o'clock. I think maybe eight nine o'clock. So a long day. Now, if you've ever done any of those ridiculously long days, when you get home, you're not in the mood to cook yourself up anything nice. You're not in the mood to bang the oven on and do anything like that. You just want a takeaway.
1: Oh yeah, all you want is a three and one, a filthy three and one, maybe a four
2: and one. You've been on your well, feet of all course, day.
1: Yeah. It's not going to work out. Crossy went for something different.
2: <laughs> Crossy goes and orders the chipper, and you, it just, I just know you're probably thinking a Wednesday evening. It it shouldn't take too long. It's not a Friday, Saturday night. It probably shouldn't take too long. And then the orders. Order goes through. Payment goes through. And then he gets a text.
1: To say that they're just around the corner?
2: Sorry, the chipper in question was unable to accept your order as they're too busy. Oh, They won't be delivering your food. Isn't Isn't that not heartbreaking? But oh my god, I've never forward to a chipper so much and then you wait twenty minutes, half an hour, you get a text and you're like <gasps> and they're like, Sorry, I'm gonna have to cancel that on you, we're too busy. I've never got that before.
1: Now I have ordered from I won't say where before and uh, they said that the you know, I've ordered it to work and they've said that the order was had arrived. And sure no one told me. Mm. And I went down it wasn't there. Now, that's devastating as well, especially when you have 10 minutes to eat it before you go on air. And then you have to just go hungry.
2: Absolutely heartbreaking and tragic. That nearly brought a tear to my eye when you're looking forward to your chipper late at night after a stupid long day and all of a sudden they cancel on you.
1: Now, did they... um, (gasps) Did they get back to him and apologise or...
2: Nothing. Did he get get another chipper? They must have just cancelled. They must have just cancelled the, the order that came in and were like, This we can't handle it. Sorry about now. And they refunded them straight away. But oh, just there's just nothing it's again, it's the same level of disappointment that you get when you drive up to a McDonald's at ten o'clock on a Monday evening and you ask, Do you have any chocolate milkshakes? And I'm like, Sorry, my broken. And you're just like, Okay, the only reason we're here, pal, is for chocolate milkshakes.
1: I know. I really hope you got a chipper in the end though. Or a chipper.
2: So do I. Oh, out there's nothing worse. Forget I'll just you know, get, have a moment's silence for the chipper saga of 2020. As if 2020 couldn't get any worse, then that goes and happens. My God.
1: Yeah, that's really bad. But you know what's worse? You know, yeah. usually when the order goes through and you paid, you tend to just relax then and put the phone down and you might, you know, go off and maybe have a shower or, mm. you know, do something because yeah. you know you have a bit of time and then you come back and you look at your phone and it's been cancelled. Oh, No oh that's a bad Wednesday that's a terrible Wednesday Wednesday. Mm.
2: very very bad Wednesday so no no, you'll probably get the inside the inside scoop and the details with the strawberries in the morning that's just devastating so there you go Um, that's a little bit bad Um, let's talk now about um, an Australian app that's going to maybe potentially save people's lives so if you are planning on emigrating when all of this madness dies down we might be able to emigrate for a while because you know Australia's well Melbourne's on fire at the moment anyway what's the new app that they've released or someone has okay
1: This is amazing for anybody that might be, uh, you know, living somewhere like Australia where they're surrounded by dangerous animals and dangerous creatures. We're not. I mean, there's nothing around here. A fly, a housefly is not going to kill you. We don't have to worry about that. They are annoying. I've been running around with my electric um, racket trying to, you know, electric them, and that's grand. There is now an app that an Australian guy has created... That will detect whether a spider or a snake is poisonous by taking a picture of that spider or snake from a distance. Obviously, um,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and it will let you know.
2: As if it only work if you are up really, really close to the snake <laughs> and the spider. It's like, listen, you can't. You got to get up. You gotta, well, the, the, the camera isn't good enough. I can't tell from a hundred foot away. You have to get in there. You have to go right up. To gotta get right the in there.
1: Thankfully, you can zoom in. But some spiders are jumpy. You know, theres I don't know what those uh, spiders in Australia are called that jump out. Are they tunnel web spiders or something and they're hiding in... Or the
2: huntsman or something like that. The huntsman which will jump out. They're the size of your dinner plate. Huge, hairy legs. And they just sprint across the walls and can jump. Like, that is just absolute nightmare.
1: But it's going to save a lot of lives and a lot of stress. Because if I was in Australia now and I saw a spider... You know, the the amount of times you're going to go, that could be a black widow spider, that could be a huntsman spider. It looks like a picture that I once saw, and you don't want to risk it. So you want to exit the house or exit wherever you are. Now you take a picture, and it's so precise that it will tell you exactly what type of spider it is and how harmful it actually is to your health. So at least then you know, okay, Grant, this is not going to require, you know, an anti-venom shot or whatever if it's not poisonous. So it's, it's fine. Scary. And it, it it works with all kinds of small insects. Obviously spiders and snakes would be the ones that you'd want to be looking out for. But, you know, scorpions, any of those things. You know, isn't there some kind of um, jellyfish as well? Box jellyfish on the beach uh, and stuff that, you, you know, you come across jellyfish all the time when you go away on holidays. You don't have to blink an eye. You know, you might sting your foot, but there's certain jellyfish over there that will... Kill you, oh,
2: they shoot you, they're, they're packing gang violence,
3: they're full of poison.
2: <laughs> Amy sent us in a message and she sent us in a voice note. Let's have a quick listen to what uh, Amy has said.
3: Huntsmen are okay, guys. You want them in your house because they eat the red back, the red back give a nasty bite, Um the funnel web and the wolf spiders jump at you, particularly <gasps> wolf spiders. I think that's oh what bit me them today in hospital. <gasps>
1: my god my worst nightmare now imagine right sitting in bed or lying in bed at night and seeing something moving across your blanket this has happened to me here in dublin you know a kind of bigger than average spider they're harmless for the most part but you can see their face you can nearly see their eyes and stuff it's disgusting but if you're in australia that could you like amy said that could be very dangerous she spent a day in hospital
2: I'd just be absolutely petrified. Like, fair play if you... I'm going to presume, Amy, if you were three years over in uh, Australia, that you, you, did you do the the, f- the fruit picking? Did you do the slave labour that they had you out doing in the, uh, in the outback? Because my sister did that as well, and just some of the things she said she saw... Um, no. Everything's crawling around. Everything's trying to kill you. Amy said that. She goes, I lived in Oz for three years. Everything wants to kill you. <laughs> And I ended up in hospital for a day after a spider bite. Like, Amy, how bad but, uh, were you? was this? Like, completely inflamed? Were you gonna die? Was it kind of? Oh,
1: I want up? to know as well. I, I want to know if you know. Is this a big exaggeration we hear kind of here in Ireland that you go over there and you have to be on the watch for everything because they're all going to try and kill you and poison you and all the rest of it? Is it rare to see these types of creatures roaming around your house? Or is this a common occurrence? Like, Do you have to shake out your shoes every day? Do you have to oh, shake out your blanket every morning or every night? Like, how common is this? And how poisonous are they? Do they kill you? You know, if you got bit, bitten by a black, or what are they called? Yeah, black widow spider and you don't get an anti-venom, are, are you going to die?
0: I, I, or just be I very
1: presume, sick?
2: I presume they're not as, uh, I presume they're not as bad in the city like I was in my sister lives in Sydney and I was there a couple of years ago and didn't see any of this which I was kind of delighted for didn't see any disgusting spiders now maybe they in certain parks and areas they might be there but my god I'd be terrified thank you for sending in this message (laughs) uh, from Michelle people also asked, sent us a screenshot of a Google search result can spiders jump at you I, I love this this is the answer jumping spiders can jump up to 50 times their own body length they jump to pounce on prey instead of building webs They often also jump toward people, though most often they are just trying to get away, to just get out of their way. Now, I do apologise in advance to uh, Ben, who's listening this evening. Um, He has asked Megan to text us and say, Ben just wanted us, I wanted her to let him, to let us know. He's going to shit himself with all this spider talk. So it turns out that Ben isn't the best with spiders at all. I was, I still don't like spiders that much at all. That would be like if I saw a big tarantula going across the ceiling. I'd kind of be, like, having a mini heart attack. But, Ben, you know, our sincerest apologies. The the one reason I think that I got such a phobia... As a kid, I was terrified of spiders. I think the reason was, have you ever seen that movie Arachnophobia?
1: I have. It is absolutely terrifying. (sighs) It really is one of the scariest films ever, even now if I watched it. And I'd say I'm terrified of spiders and all the rest, but to be honest, I don't really see that many. don't know about you, but there's certain places that you're going to see worse and bigger spiders, like if you go down the country if you ever see a house spider in the middle of Cork or even Kildare I remember staying in someone's house and they said that it was common to see these giant spiders, like they were terrifying looking, nearly the size of a small tarantula, like they were big, you wouldn't really see those types of spiders here, you'd see a lot of daddy long legs and stuff but they're kind of there's something about them I don't mind you can kind of hoover them up and (laughs) that's grand but a little black hairy one.
2: Oh no uh, the worst experience i had <clears throat> with a spider this is specifically for you ben uh we were away traveling in uh, like in southeast asia we were just away on our gap here just living life but <clears throat> we were staying in a small little hut in uh where are we in bali so they have things that can kill you left right and center kind of a little bit like Australia, very very hot climate, had had all this stuff. So we were trying to save a little bit of money and there was three of us, but we only ever got two beds and then one of us got the short straw and would have to sleep on the floor. Oh, no. Yeah, I got the short straw the first night we were there, had to sleep on the floor and then we were watching TV, I just kind of drifting off and I was lying on the ground and then just out of the corner of my eye I see something running underneath the door across the floor and into the pile of clothes that are over the other side and again, I just absolutely absolutely freaked out and lost my mind. We, me and my mate Gavin, who was there at the time, lost their minds. And one of the other lads just didn't care uh, who were with Russ. He, like, he was chasing the spider around the wall trying to get it into a glass because he picked up the clothes and it was a huge, like this is bigger than your hand type spider. No. and all over the walls. And fair play to him, he finally caught it in a glass. <clears throat> he caught this huge spider in a, a tall enough glass. Just a normal regular size uh, hotel glass that you'd have and kept the spider in the glass, turned upside down, trapped in the glass for the entire night and uh, couldn't really sleep too much because you're just wondering is he strong enough to tip the glass over? Is he going to get out? Is he going to bite your face?
1: Ugh. Yeah, was he aggressive when the, <clears throat> the guy was trying to catch him? Just it, That's the that's worry that they'd, they'd go for you and especially somewhere that you know uh, have dangerous insects and stuff I wouldn't mm. risk that now
2: Oh, spiders. gross. It's just why jumping spiders? Spiders are terrifying enough they don't need to be jumping and uh, jumping at all. Uh, who do we have here now? Sorry, Amy's uh, follow-up message, voice message in here now from Amy. Hang on, we'll turn you on, Amy, before you uh, mention anything. Amy's three years over there, bitten by a spider, almost almost died for argument's sake. Um,
3: no, it's not as common as you would think, unless you're out in the sticks, out in the outback. Um We had a couple of huntsmen around the house, but you want them. The little redbacks, as I said, unless you're really old or really young or immunocompromised, you should be okay. It's a nasty bite and you'll be sick for a few weeks. Um, But some of the other spiders and the brown snake is a bad one as well. That'll kill you. Yeah, I heard that. I was in Western Australia. I was in Perth. Um, Some of the lizards as well give you a nasty bite. When I was in hospital, I was, we didn't know exactly what was, so I was put on IV antibiotics, oral antibiotics. I was dehydrated as well. as middle of summer. So they had the saline IVs hooked up for the day, trying to get the heart rate down. Um, there was a puncture wound, and it spread on my hand, and it got bigger and bigger, and I got pins and needles, and I started losing the power. Now, I didn't feel sick or anything like that, but they were worried enough to take me in for the day. I think I spent about seven or eight hours hooked up to drips. That's oh.
1: unbelievable. Oh, oh, my God. No. Thank, thank God you were fine in the end. Wow. I didn't realise that. Because you kind of think people are exaggerating and it can't be that bad, but... Oh, whoa.
2: What was, that? what was
1: that thing that she said that was very dangerous that you said you oh, heard the, of? The brown snake? the, well, the or brown
2: snake, yeah, I've heard of that. It sounds grand, doesn't it? Well, the brown snake is like, oh, well, I think that'll kill you. And the brown snake, rattlesnake, um, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a few others. And then scorpions, I don't know if they have a lot of scorpions in Australia. But I, I, I don't think so, but the only thing I've known about scorpions is the smaller the scorpion, the more worried you should be.
1: Yeah, I remember being in Tanzania uh, on the safari and they said, you know, everything else was kind of fine. Where we were, you'd kind of get away with not seeing too many rattlesnakes or any of that stuff. But they said the scorpions, the smaller that they are, as you said, the more deadly and they weren't anywhere near a hospital for us. So if you got bitten, that was kind of the end of it. So you had to check the car every day because the roof would be off the car. So they could jump in during the night or crawl in or whatever. Oh, so I was why? living in complete fear that whole holiday.
2: Because, that, that, again, that, the arachnophobia movie, there was two or three scenes in that. One was the spider going into the old man's slipper or shoe, which always terrified me. The second one was the girl was in the shower. Where there was a spider, I think better. And the other one was there was a spider that crawled up the inside of the toilet. Um, so everywhere that you have this fear, you have no idea what you. You don't even want to check under the toilet because you lift up the seat and you're like, oh my god, spider! Petrified that ingrained fear of spider. Oh, I, I kind of want to go back and watch that movie. I wonder if it, I'd probably not on Netflix. I'd love to go watch that again just to see is it as scary now as it was because that was a that was probably what, an early nineties movie.
1: What yeah, was, I would have you said early arachnophobia
2: '90s. Spiders? Go watch arachnophobia.
1: <laughs> I think actually my fear of rats as well has c- come from uh, my cousin in Waterford. His friend was sitting on the toilet one day, and a rat came up the pipes
2: <laughs> no, and bit that can't and happen.
1: bit his bum. That can't happen. Rats can swim. Yes, it did happen. I know
2: they can swim. They can't come up the pipes now.
1: Apparently, it did, and it bit his bum, and he's in hospital. <laughs> he even has a, he even has a rat tattoo on his
0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
4: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Last now.
2: <clears throat> Is he terrified of uh, rats? I don't think so, no. But I am. Well, there you go. Uh, if you have any other terrifying Australia stories about how you nearly died just working out in the fields or just from the terrifying spiders that uh, live in your house let us know 0876797104 on the way are going to be chatting canna-sexuals whatever the hell they are and we'll have some music from Ed Sheeran that's on the way next FM 104's
0: Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long
2: it's uh, Cormac and Tisha here on Room 104 and now let's just continue on from talking about some of the most horrific Things that can kill you in Australia, thankfully now there's a new app that you'll be able to take a picture of the thing that's attacking you and it'll let you know whether you should go to the hospital or not. Um, but a gentleman has found himself a deep fat fried moth in his food.
1: Oh, that makes me feel sick to my stomach. A now, deep fat over- fried moth.
2: Yeah, he got a away from Nando's. Not in Ireland. This is Nando's over in the United Kingdom. Okay, our food standards are held a lot higher than those Brits over in the UK there. And he got a... <clears throat> he was ordering, I think, an office lunch and went to collect it to bring it back and discovered and There's a beautiful picture of it. It just burnt to a crisp, completely black moth in one of the dinners and one of the orders.
1: That would put me off um, that type of food for life, even though it's poor hygiene practice by the people working there as opposed to the food itself. Obviously, it's not Nando's fault. Um, Similar happened over in the States. A six-year-old only this week choked on a chicken nugget that was found to have a disposable face mask in it. What? Part, Part of a disposable face mask. So you know those blue ones that everyone's walking around wearing?
2: Yeah, they look kind of small and light, and just I actually see to be honest with you, I see them all over the ground. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, a lot of them on the ground. People just throwing them there, which is awful. Yeah, but one was found cooked inside the chicken nugget. So there's a picture of the mother with half the chicken nugget opened up, and you can just see the blue, the blue mask inside. It's absolutely disgusting, rank, isn't it? Really, really bad. Like that's just the child choked on it. That's horrific. Um, So, you know, insects are one thing, but a mask.
2: That's a bit dodgy. It's probably one of the worst things, you know, you could probably find in your food. If you've ever had the pleasure of finding something dead or alive in your food that shouldn't have been there, drop us a WhatsApp and let us know. But just speaking of, you know, the deep fat fried moths, I was looking at what are some of the insects that are actually perfectly fine and potentially even healthy for you to eat? Like if you're stuck out in the woods in the middle of nowhere and you have nothing to eat, you're going to have to turn to the the worms and the maggots and the things that are crawling underneath your feet to eat
1: Oh, I don't know, I think someone that used to work for FM 104 had been away in, I think it was Thailand a few years back and they got a takeaway after a night out or a chipper or something and they asked for a a powder, you know a curry powder thing to be put over the chips anyway when they woke up the next day they thought oh that was actually really good food really tasty and they looked at the powder no it was dried ants
2: <laughs> oh no it was way. dried
1: ants that was mixed with the flavouring of curry powder or something well, but that was sprinkled on top
2: I have, a, I have a list here of you know perfectly healthy edible bugs that you can eat and ants is one of them yeah I mean they're not the worst if they're dried
1: up and they're quite small and they were sprinkled on, on something they might not be so bad would they
2: uh, no I think I've eaten what have I eaten I've eaten maggots. Ooh, like have dried you? i maggots, and I might have eaten, I might have eaten a moth. Cause they oh, maggots you bad. You can buy some of these, and you can, they buy them in flavours. They have, like, barbecued, you know, barbecued-flavoured termites and barbecue flavored woodlice. The
1: smaller the insect the less disgusting it seems. If you're talking about a housefly or the size of a housefly, yeah. something that would have a crunch to it. Yeah. Something that where you where you kind of feel their body, I think that would just be absolutely disgusting. Or something that you can see wings or something like that. So that's why a scorpion or any of those street foods that you would get in Thailand or wherever, that people do eat, I couldn't
2: stomach that at all. So if you're planning on trying out some insects for you to eat. These are the safe ones, apparently. Grasshoppers and crickets. Maybe I ate a cricket, actually. Uh, ants, termites, grubs, whatever grubs are. I don't know. Wood lice is apparently okay for you. earthworms, which, you know, there was always that one weird kid that hung around in your estate that ate the worms when you were playing in the dirt. You are like, oh, Ew, okay.
1: see, they would crying. have a, a, a jelly-type texture to them.
2: Yeah, it'd be hard to chew that, wouldn't it? You'd feel a wriggling in your mouth on your tongue. You'd be like, yeah. oh, God. No. Um, scorpions are okay. Earwigs, aphids. What's, what's an aphid? Is that a Oh, earwigs um, are
1: horrible things. You'd yeah. see them the odd time crawling around the ground. You might see one in your house like once every three years. An yeah. earwig, and it's just nasty. It's got like, eight legs or something.
2: Uh, yeah. It's disgusting. A bit weird as well. You've got then maggots and dragonflies. They're all apparently... I'm all apparently fine. Go ahead and eat those if you want. But uh, the, the most disgusting thing I've ever seen being offered in. I, th- I wasn't there. I just saw this on TV. But Google this for the crack. Is I think they sell deep fat fried tarantulas in Cambodia. Uh,
1: this is an interesting one. I would 100% eat a tarantula.
2: Oh, I don't think I would.
1: I'd eat their legs. But the way. I don't, I don't know about the body.
2: If you can imagine going down to like the the fruit market, you know, like on Moore Street where they have all of the fruits and bananas and everything laid out on the stalls, right? It's the exact same over in Cambodia, except they have baskets of defanged tarantula, like thousands of tarantulas in these big baskets. And then people come up and just start selecting that they want all of these and then they'll take them and they'll deep fat fry the tarantulas and then you'll like have them on a stick.
1: I'd say they're pretty good for you. They'd be full oh, of protein. Not, I just
2: looked, but like they're still alive in the basket. They're moving around like in the basket when people are coming up to cook them.
1: Okay, see that's where I have a problem. Anything that's still alive and then they kind of cook it on the spot while you're there, I can't deal with.
0: Oh, I'd be rotten.
1: know, don't show it to me till it's completely cooked, nearly, you know, burnt.
2: Okay, do yeah, do yourself a favor. If you're listening now and you're terrified of spiders, just terrify yourself and Google. Let me see, uh, deep fried spiders oh it's horrific fried spider there's just a big bowl of disgusting gangly legged spiders from like a market over in in Thailand a huge bowl of them just imagine imagine your bowl of chicken wings that you get in Wishbone or Elephant and Castle or Tribeca and they're, you know, covered in sauce and they're beautiful and they're all stacked on top of each other. But just replace that image with a load of dead fried spiders. That's what they're selling. Ugh. Right? Horrific. Yeah, oh. no, that's
1: but they're used to it. That's their delicacy. I mean obviously, isn't there certain places that um obviously in is it China that cook dog?
2: Eat bats and shut the entire world down. Thanks very much, China. Oh yeah. god. The um yeah, terrifying I just imagine It would be an amazing prank to play though if you were over in Cambodia with someone who's terrified of spiders just buy an entire bowl like 200 deep fat fried spiders and then dump them on them in the middle of the night. Can you imagine? Imagine the terror and the fear waking up and you're just covered in like hundreds and hundreds of spiders. Ugh, or imagine
1: inviting someone over for dinner and actually having tarantula pasta. Cutting it all up into little tiny little pieces. Putting it in the pasta and trying to cover up the fact that you're giving them spider? Be telling fun, them afterwards.
2: Ugh. It'd be a fun cooking show with like Donald Ski and going, okay, first we're going to uh, prepare the spiders and he opens the bag of alive spiders. Now there's a thousand spiders running around his kitchen. He's like, right, we've got to catch them all um, uh, and sort that out. But listen, there you go, some of the weirdest insects out there that you can eat and you can have deep fried, well I should say fried spiders um, in Cambodia. If you're heading over that direction, I don't know if you are, but you can apparently you can apparently get that, so that's going to be, yeah, something to look forward to if you are doing that. It would not be for me. Anyway, uh, still to go on the show next, we're going to be chatting to a lady about canna kind of whatever the hell that is. She'll explain more next here in on Room
0: 104. FM is Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Here,
2: and now we're talking about canna kind of What, in the name of God, is a canna kind of Is it somebody who likes... I don't know canned food before they uh, enter the bedroom it probably isn't but uh, talk to talk us through a little bit more about it and maybe you can figure out if you're a kind of sexual or not award-winning sex coach we have now got on the line ashley matcha how are you ashley
4: i am so well thank you so much for having me
2: uh, no worries at all so listen we came across this article and this term and we were kind of like okay we have to talk a little bit more um about this but what exactly is a canosexual? Kind of
4: so uh, canna is a word that I made up and then trademarked in the United States. And oh, nice. it's really not uh, a sexual orientation as much as it sounds. It's I meant it to be more of an approach or a philosophy uh, for anyone mm. wanting to mindfully and deliberately combine sex and cannabis to deepen pleasure and enhance intimacy, whether solo or partnered. Wow. Okay. And where did this come from? This idea? Uh, I myself am a sexual violence survivor and I experienced pain with penetration for a long time and using uh, cannabis oil on my bits was the first time I was ever able to have pain-free penetration and uh, as a sex educator for the last 13 years, I sort of looked around the landscape of sexuality professionals and didn't see anyone else talking about sex and cannabis with a very uh, consent focused, LGBT inclusive, Mm. body positive approach.
2: Now, actually, we live in a you know very Catholic, traditional, backwards country. It, it's not too bad, but I mean, you know, sex is, is frowned upon and not open to, you know not openly discussed either. And so is cannabis. So we're, we're probably talking about two very, very taboo things here this evening. But what have yes. you found has been some of the benefits in your personal experience of? I, I, you know, incorporating it into more of your sexual life.
4: Absolutely, and I have the deepest empathy. I was born and raised Catholic, also. Um, oh, my excellent. grandmother is Irish, so <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Cannabis really can help address the things that are getting in the way of pleasure, connection, and intimacy. Some of those things could include shame, uh, which is something a lot of people feel around sexuality. Uh, also, pain, if you have whether it's arthritis or or sore muscles or specifically genital pain, it can be really helpful with that it can also kind of help get you out of your head and into your body so that you can be present you know turning off those voices that are telling you you're not enough or you have other things to be doing and you can't focus right now it really kind of helps you slow down and be in the moment.
1: I just find this really fascinating obviously because it's illegal here to smoke cannabis and um, so none of us have actually had it or tried it like how do you think it's different to anything else that you've maybe tried or came across?
4: So it's different for a couple of reasons. One is because our bodies actually have something called an endocannabinoid system. Our bodies were meant to work with cannabinoids uh, to create homeostasis. And so that's something that alcohol can't say. That's something benzodiazepines can't say. Like our Mm. bodies were meant to interact with these compounds. And so cannabis has a number of cannabinoids in it, including THC, which is the one most people know that gets you high. Um, and it can also be a vasodilator, bring, bring more, blood flow to the body uh, especially to the areas on which it's applied but then there's also CBD uh, which I think has really gained popularity uh, even in Europe and that has been shown to have some anxiety reducing effects it also helps with pain and and that can be really helpful to just work with your body to feel more balanced.
2: Like I would think that smoking that might subdue your Senses and your perceptions, and you know, you know the typical image of the stoner who's just flat out doesn't know kind of what's going on. And maybe they get a little bit hungry after a while, and they start laughing. But can it? I, I would have maybe ignorantly presumed that it would it would dampen your your sexual arousal and your sexual pleasure in the bed, bedroom as opposed to increasing it or improving it
4: quite the opposite in fact uh cannabis and again when used in moderation you know the things that you see in movies where people are melting into their couch that's a lot of cannabis you don't need to use that much just a little bit is plenty to actually heighten sensation um because it it enhances blood flow it actually makes your skin more sensitive
1: i don't think that's going to come in here anytime soon somehow is there anything else that you found during this kind of study
4: I mean, CBD is certainly helpful, and I believe that's available to some extent over there. Yeah. So that would be one thing, uh, whether ingested in some kind of sublingual or edible form or applied topically to the body. And really just being mindful and slowing down so often we get so excited to get to the sex part that we forget to really like make eye contact with our partners and like take our time exploring each other and really enjoying the whole experience instead of just focusing on the part where penetration happens and then that lasts for a couple minutes and then you're done. Like you can really stretch it into an entire evening of connection with your partner.
2: Right, so longer than three minutes.
4: Yes, longer <laughs> is better. <laughs> and
1: just on that note, um do you not think that we should kind of go back to basics and try and have a really good orgasm or learn how to have really good sex without having to use
4: anything extra? I think it's important to have pleasure practices without any other enhancements yes I think as a foundation and I think that Cannabis can be an enhancement. And so to have that as a tool in your toolkit, no different than using a toy or using other kinds of um, enhancing accoutrements, it, it's an option that people may find really appealing, especially those who tend to get stuck in their heads or feel disconnected from their bodies. So it's nice to know that it's available.
2: I, and then oh, oh, don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but sure. from your personal experience with this, have you found you know, your experiences to be like better like would you say that like the best sex or orgasm you had has been using and cannabis
4: unequivocally the best sex and orgasms i've ever had have been using cannabis uh, both because of the lack of pain with penetration which makes my sexual experience infinitely better and also the heightened sensation the more connectedness with my partner um, feeling more energetically in my body and and being able to discern very subtle sensations it's mind-blowing cannot recommend it highly enough pun intended and is there anything else that you're planning on working on and um, that maybe doesn't involve cannabis yes actually I have a series of online courses through my website elevatedintimacy.com, um, and they of course because they're taken online there's no cannabis involved um, and I focus a lot on hand sex um, so uh, genital massage and dirty talk And so I think both of those things, having those skills can help enhance intimacy and and take sex out of just this very limited penetration model and into what's possible.
2: Uh, When you said hand sex there for a minute, I was like, are you talking about overly suggestive handshakes there for a minute? I was like, oh no, I know where we're going here with this. I was like, oh my God, whoops, whoops. Um, But that's cool. So are are there any, you know, Sisha obviously asked you as well, you're looking at that. Um, Why do you think... It has been as you mentioned just kind of our our views of sex have been maybe maybe it's dominated by porn or movies but why do you think you know you said the penetration aspect of it all why do you think that's been the overarching view of sex for so long for so many people across the world
4: I think it's sort of a cultural phenomenon and you know I hate to say it but the patriarchy like penetration is most beneficial to people with penises and Um, whereas people with vulvas who are built like me, um, penetration may not be the, a surefire path to, to orgasm and pleasure. And so it's, it's been focused very largely, especially because of procreation and, and reproduction that, that penetration is the thing. Um, but in reality, Mm -hmm. I define sex as two, one or more people touching with consent for the purpose of pleasure. And that could be so many things. That could be kissing. That could be tracing your hand along their their cheek. It could be really any kind of, of interaction for the purpose of pleasure. And I think that is a much more permissive view of what sexuality can be. See, I think
1: that's what we're missing, especially here in Ireland. I think it's do the deed and use anything that's going to help uh, build your confidence in the bedroom. But really, we need to get back to the basics of foreplay and... Touching, no yeah.
2: no we need to just do it f- to have children and start a family and the rest of the time <laughs> you spend in confession and at mass and just <laughs> for forgiveness for your shame from god Um no of course and i know we are obviously moved on a hell of a lot from from those days but listen actually we appreciate you giving up your time here and your expertise this evening um again the website you'd recommend someone who wants to maybe delve into more of this world a little bit more
4: um, if you visit my my online courses at elevatedintimacy.com or you can contact me directly, my website is com, and I work with people all over the world um, in a coaching capacity. So I will help you get out of your head and into
2: your body uh, verbally.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> Actually, Amanda,
2: thanks a million for popping on FM 104 this evening. Thank you.
0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Even on a budget,